With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Peak to the Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. We are talking all things college football today. We've got Florida State's new coaching hire. We've got the playoffs. We've got Heisman talk. This is a pretty exciting week. Yeah, so a lot going on this week. Um, kind of a, a lot. Yeah, I don't even know where to get started. But I guess how was your weekend? What did you, what did you do this weekend? My weekend was good. Um, what did I do this weekend? Watched a lot of college football. We were going to take the girls to um, watch USF play Michigan in hockey today, just because Eric had like saw it in the paper and was like, this would be kind of fun. I don't think we've ever taken the girls to the hockey game. But he's apparently a moron, and he read the start time of the game completely wrong. So we showed up at 3 o'clock, which is when he told me the game started. The game started at 1. Mm. Um and the best part is we had people meeting us there, like my, my um, sister and brother-in-law with their kids, because we were like, oh, this will be a fun activity. Um, yeah, so should have definitely second-checked what Eric was doing, but um, the kids went ice skating instead, which actually was probably 10 times more fun for them than sitting and watching a game that they don't understand. Um, and Eric was out there with them, and it was really cute. It was really cute. I, I'm shocked that my five-year-olds were able to do it, but they were... Oh, not they're not like in bad. gymnastics and everything. Like I, I, knowing them, I'm not shocked at all that they were able to just. Was that their first time? It was their first time ever. I'm ice not skating. shocked at all. I'm not shocked one bit. I just totally believe that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they are uh, super pumped, and now we want to have an ice skating birthday party, and we're going to be yes. figure skaters. And when it, we when want is their birthday? Uh, August. Okay. We have a lot of time to change our mind. But um, the first time I was at your house and and met them, I don't remember who it was, but like somebody was standing up on the tall counter and so Probably like Hayden. this just doesn't yeah, I believe it was. Like doesn't shock me at all that your kids were able to just pick up ice skating and, <laughs> well, and roll with it or skate ice with skating, it. I guess. Uh show at Bush Gardens that they're obsessed with. And during the Christmas season, they do like all Christmas songs. It's really, really, really cute. And um we have to see it like eighty seven times a year. And they dance in the in the aisles, and they recognize all the skaters, but also they know all of the routines because we've seen the show so many times. So they are like convinced that they were going to be amazing off the bat. Like they were like, 
why does dad think we need this walker thing? We know how to ice skate. I'm like, you've never ice skated before. How do you know how to ice skate? And they're like, <laughs> we watched the show at Bush Gardens. All you do is this. And then they're like, you know, doing jumps and twirls. I'm like, maybe we should walk on our skates before we <laughs> worry about this twirling stuff. But it was cute. It was fun. They had a good time. Um, obviously, we didn't see a hockey game, but this was probably better. Yeah. So it worked out well. So, And you're flying solo this week. Yeah, it's just me. Um, I like to think things are going fairly well. Um, my daughter like nosedived into some of her toys and like scratched up her chin. So, um, oh, Kara's gonna be pumped when she gets home. I already sent her a pic. She's fine. Hopefully, it will uh, kind of dissipate by the time she she's got like a little scratch on her chin and. She was so like she was freaking out last night, which would be Saturday night when it happened, and so I was like, ah, we can just skip bath time. Like, let's go straight to let's go straight to milk and bed. So, but uh, no, we're having fun. Like, we went to church this morning. Uh, my dad came over and hung out the, today, and you know, with with it just me and her, like we just literally just play all day. So I think we're going to go to a park tomorrow morning and hang out there and. Then I'm going to go into work for a couple of hours and somebody's coming to watch her. So I'm not just leaving her, but, uh, Oh, well good. I was so concerned. <laughs> you didn't think I was just going to leave. I, I should take a nap. I'll, I'll go to the <laughs> office for a few hours. Uh, but no, it's been good. Like she's probably eating more junk food this weekend than any other weekend ever. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think Kara listens to this. So what mom doesn't know can't hurt her. So, um, some big news in Tallahassee. I told you that before we recorded again, I thought we would have a coach. So we barely snuck under the stuck under the uh, deadline there and were able to hire Mike Norvell, former Memphis coach. Um, comes in with a 38-15 record. Memphis won the AAC championship yesterday, which we're recording this Sunday night, so Saturday. Um, for his first conference championship win. Had won the division a couple of times, but ran into uh, Allie's favorite team, a pretty good UCF <laughs> team a couple of years. UCF was good for a couple of years, so that's not a terrible loss. Uh, some of those Memphis-UCF games were really, really good. I don't know if you remember them. I, I really don't remember them outside of them being in, like when ESPN does their top 25 football games every year. Um, I, I just watched them all again in uh, – like August leading up to the season. And some of those Memphis um, UCF games were pretty fun. Um, so I've got my thoughts on Norvell, but I, I, as an outsider, I want to hear what, what do you think about, you know, FSU's hire, Mike Norvell, kind, kind well, of where they are now. This is, I mean, exactly what I thought um, was going to happen. Not necessarily Norvell, but if you remember that, I mean, we recorded like hours, I think after Taggart got can the first the first time around, um, or excuse me, the, the very first week when he, right when he got fired, we recorded. And I had told you that I thought you guys would hire an up and coming G5 coach. I thought that Bob Stoops was um, a, a pipe dream. I didn't think there was any chance of that happening ever. And obviously the talk about Urban Meyer and even James Franklin and stuff, it, it always seemed incredibly far-fetched to me. I And I don't know that I think that there's that many good coaches or even assistance truly in the power five that were in a position to want to, to make the move at the, at this moment. I think Les Miles would have been a really smart 
person to look at. I don't think FSU ever did. I, I don't know why. I don't know that it, maybe it's not as sexy, but I think he would have been a great hire as well. Um, but, you know, I don't think that Norvell's a bad hire. I think the way that Florida State handled this entire thing has been terrible. I think whoever, like, handles their PR should be fired, even down to the fact that they made the announcement today at noon, which was the exact time they were announcing the playoff teams, um, which means that ESPN's not going live to the press conference, at least not on, you know, the uh, ESPN 1. Maybe it was on ESPN Ocho. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't like... I don't mind Norvell as a hire. I don't think he's a bad hire. I think that he is hungry. I think he's an up-and-comer. He might be really good for the program. I just think they kind of botched the process all the way around. So I was feeling like that, um, but because we disagree on everything, I'll just disagree with you here. Sure. Um, So the explanation that I was told was the reason the press conference was at noon today was so that he could meet with his players this morning and so that it didn't interfere with the basketball game, which was at 2. Because um, right. they wanted him to show up at the basketball game and speak with the – or speak, like speak to the crowd, right? Like speak to the fans. Right. Um, he did go on live with the ESPN commentators or uh, it was on the ACC network. So he did yeah. go live which with not, those commentators. I was watching it because um, <laughs> the game – the Bucks game was at halftime. Um but he did go live there during the game. So, and then I also saw this, like Florida state fans did not care at all about like the college playoff, you know, the, I, I, I understand you your take there. Right, I understand, you have your, it I understand your take there, but I mean, there's no chance they would have had it at 10 AM. Like Tallahassee is essentially the deep South and it like a kind of a religious, like, there's no way they're having it at the same time church is happening um, in Tallahassee. You're not – nobody in Tallahassee cares about the playoff. Everybody knew the four playoff teams. I, I would assume this was the least watched playoff um, selection show in the six years they've been doing it uh, or the five years they've been doing it. And so I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Florida I don't State know. Fan, I just, how many people I outside, how many people outside of Florida State fans truly cared to tune in? Like, like UF's press conference in Mullen wasn't on ESPN. I mean, it may have been picked it up was. by the SEC it network. It was on, it was on ESPN. Sure, sure, shit, it was. Sure on ESPN? This is what I would have done. I would have done it at 10. I understand your church thing, but. He, he told his team when they were in the locker room after this game, he didn't need an additional team meeting. He might have called an additional team meeting, but it wasn't necessarily something that had to happen. Um, and then that way, when they go live at noon from the playoff show, they can talk about it on air. And while nobody in the college football world may care who Florida State hired, the recruits that are watching that did care. Did the college football um, playoff... Did they talk about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss before they announced the teams? Honestly, I left to take the kids to the mall, so I'm not I, 100% sure. I I, I only they, saw very little. I don't believe they did. Somebody will tweet me tomorrow and correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, I don't think they're mentioning Mike Norvell to the folks. Like, that's not a break. That's not what the purpose of that well, is. Well, again, sure I'm fine. It hasn't been announced yet. For sure. But I don't. I don't think that's the platform for it. I don't think that's what they're talking. I don't think they're talking Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss or anything like that. Like, I think they're just there to talk about the high, the, 
I mean, the playoff committee knows what's going to happen. Like everybody tunes in for the top four, sees where LSU and Ohio State are ranked, and they move on. I mean, all that aside, I I don't feel that FSU fumbled this as bad as I thought they did. Yeah, uh, well, I for mean, weeks. they got they got I, because it, Norvell in his. Be... Go ahead. I was going to say Norvell in his press conference said when he was asked when he first spoke with FSU, he said he spoke with them on his, his bye week, which Memphis's bye week was the week after um, the firing happened. Yeah. Florida state played Miami and, and fired Taggart. So Florida state knew, you know, the Bob Stoops rumors were wild. I mean, urban Meyer wasn't really a thing. Uh, the James Franklin stuff came around really late. And it seemed like that might be like a play or something. The Brian Kelly stuff came around really, really late and seemed like, oh, there might be some. But they knew it was Norvell early. Like they talked with right. him very well, and early. You and I and talked so about this. If it's a current coach, they're not talking about it happen. until right. this week. And if Memphis would have like lost one more game and not been in that situation, they would have hired him the day after they played. Cincinnati the first time, right? Like they, they played him six days before uh, on Black Friday. We watched it. Um, they would have hired him then. And I think they let him coach out, you know, the end of the kind of regular season or whatever. I don't think FSU bungled it as much as I thought they did a week ago. Like a week ago, I was like, this is this is crap. This is dr-. I think FSU knew who their guy was. And I think it's the other thing. We really look at like Matt Campbell and like the guys that FSU could have gone after, right? Like Mark Stoops. Matt Campbell, Mike Norvell, none of these guys are like head and shoulders over the other one, right? Like sure, Mark Stoops no, may have not. a little more, you know, big time experience, but I mean, it's Kentucky and Memphis aren't, I mean, obviously Kentucky's in the SEC. They're not that much of different program. Like, you know, he, they're on the same level at the end of the day and they have been for the last however long, you know? So I don't know. I think, I don't think Norvell's the sexy hire. I mean, I'll give you my take on it. I don't think he's the sexy hire. He's not what's exciting. He's not like, you know, going to blow you away with any kind of like, oh my God, this was just a huge hire like Stoops or Urban or Franklin or even Brian Kelly would have been, you know, folks like Matt Campbell, but I don't think he's any more proven than Norvell is. Um, You know, he's, he's just another name. And, you know, I'm not predicting that he does anything like this, but I mean, it reminds me a lot of the Dan Mullen hire. I mean, Florida fans were not thrilled when Dan Mullen came back. I think Dan Mullen obviously had more experience. I'm not trying to liken their hires. Some at all. of us knew that it was a good hire from the beginning. For sure, maybe not all of us, but most some of, us of were aware. most most fans thought it was very ho hum. Like they were not thrilled. Yeah. with it. ESPN was reporting that Chip Kelly was done. Obviously, Florida is super lucky that that didn't happen. Oh, my happen. God. Biggest but like, dodged bullet ever. UF fans were not thrilled for the most part. Obviously, some were were not thrilled there. Um, and that's what Landry kept saying. That's what different national guys have kept saying. Like, you don't want to win the press conference, right? Like, Taggart won the press conference. He was, he was like, everybody was thrilled. The local, like... You just well, want to win the hire. he's a Florida and, State guy, and, and there's just such a feel-good story that sure. came with that. And, you know, I mean, just being – like, we won't know what Norvell – like, how good of a hire was for, for three or four years. years. Yeah, like, you know, are we trending up? Are, do we 
you know, early signing days coming. Like, I don't expect him to go out and just light things up in Florida right. State to finish with a top 15 class. But we're 22 right now. Can he hold that? Like, can he stay top 25? You know, we, we've looked at many well, Diaz. Well, we've had a place in, card for the last five weeks. So, I mean, hopefully he, yeah. can, he, he, can, can he improve he's that be a better little than that. bit. And so, I don't know. I don't think FSU bungled it as bad as I thought they did. I think the hire is a C plus, B minus. Based on what was available, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the hire at all. It went down at the exact timing you would think it would go down. Like, if I would have told you, I mean, you even said it. Like, they're going to hire a, a group of five up-and-comer. Like, if I would have told you that day it's going to be Mike Norvell, you just said, okay, well, then it happens after they play in the conference championship game. You know? And so... Right. I don't think I don't know. I don't think it was as bungled as you think. There's no chance they're doing it at 10 a.m. in a community that's like in the deep south and church and everything else. Like there's no chance at all that they're doing that. Um all those you know, like it's just not happening. But I mean, could they have done it at 3 p.m. today? I mean, I guess, but you know, I, I don't know. I I don't I no Florida State fans cared about the the college football playoff thing. Like you didn't even watch it. You're the biggest SEC homer of all time. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even watch it. So people don't care about the playoff committee, right? Like they just check it on Twitter and go. So. Well, to be fair, my husband watched it. My household watched it. I just was running out the door with Alexandra, the two. Alexandra and Emerson. And Emerson it. were intrigued for sure. <laughs> they were sleeping but... guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like Florida state has the second best coach in the big three right now. So like, I'll say that. I mean, I don't, I don't very, think that that would be. I don't think that's a super very controversial difficult. statement. But I'll um, give that to you if you'd like it. Um. So I mean, we'll see. You know, like he's he's definitely got a tough road ahead of him. Speaking of church, he sounded like I don't know if you saw anything from the press conference. He sounded like a preacher in the press conference. He definitely has that, you know, Texas twang or or whatever. But. uh I mean, I thought he did well in the press conference. I thought he said all the right things. I don't think it's very tough to say all the right things. Like, I'm in sales, so I know that, you know, just telling people what they want to hear is not very difficult. So, you know, saying all the right things in the press conference means absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, you can certainly lose a press conference. You know, if you look at people like Jim McElwain, who came in and was just a weirdo, Um but I mean, I thought he did great in his opening press conference, and you know, at this point, it's put up or shut up. You know, I'm kind of in waiting to see mode with really anything FSU at this point. So, um, so I'll wait and see. Yeah. Well, you know, listen. At this point, that's all you can do. But hey, I mean, it seemed like he said the right things in his press conference, and it's a direction. You know, Florida State had to go somewhere essentially that was stagnant for the last few weeks. So this is a direction. So. I guess we shall see. Um, but I don't I, – and when I say that I, the, the bungling of the hire, I don't think the hire itself is bad. I just don't know that I think the managing of even just stuff getting out or, or whatever, the putting up of the uh, backdrop and taking it back down, the different things. And I don't know if maybe lots of that's just rumor and innuendo or what, but it, the optics of it for me were that they could have done a better job managing the whole situation. Yeah. And Norvell could have been their guy from day one, and and I, I I could totally believe that. But I just feel like it was the the handling of everything that could have been better. I think I don't know how much FSU 
mishandled things um, as opposed to our perception of FSU insiders stirring pots that didn't need to be stirred. You know, like when you really look at what FSU did or didn't do, um, I mean, I think it was very little, you know, so, you know, that's kind of another aspect of it. So, um, all right. So we talked about the college playoff committee. So not a lot of shock there, right? I think we all expected, you know, the four that were selected, um, but let's talk about that for a minute. I, I thought LSU at number one was the right pick. I, I don't think there was really any question about that, especially with yeah. Ohio State struggling in the first half against um, Wisconsin. If Ohio State had come out and beaten Wisconsin like fifty-four to three or something, you know, just astronomical, I think it would have been more of an argument. Argument, mm-hmm. maybe you leave them there, even though I, I think Georgia is a better team than Wisconsin is. You know, yeah, I agree. I, but that didn't happen, right? Like LSU right. blew their team out. Ohio State looked like they were in real, real danger of losing. Uh, especially, did you watch the Ohio State game? I uh, did, the whole thing. They scored to make it a one-score game just before the half. And then I thought the announcers were spot on with this. Uh, Wisconsin ran a play that ended up going for like 49 yards. But if it had just been a two-yard run, they would have just gone to the half. And, and it would have been 14-7. Right. So when Wisconsin scored there at the end of the first half, I really thought that Ohio State was going to – I didn't know if I thought they were going to lose, but I don't. Th- I didn't think they were going to end up winning by two scores like they did. Like, no, me neither. So they really put it on. I mean, they looked fine. So I, I actually wouldn't have had a problem with Clemson being number two. Um, but I don't, obviously it doesn't, just, it doesn't matter. Like Dabo plays well, this fake hurt card in the Oklahoma Oh, my four, gosh. Dabo plays this hurt fake card. He's like – he came out with a quote today of like, we're the first team to ever get dropped – after winning the championship and then going undefeated to, to number three, and it's like, well, actually, for, that happened to Florida State in 2014. Like, the same exact thing. Well, also, you played nobody. This, this is the first time we've ever had three un, our undefeated teams as well, I believe. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head. That sounds right, but I just don't know. Well, I mean, I feel like every year we're always like, oh, my God, we're going to have more undefeated teams than we have playoff spots or then we have BCS games or, you know, whatever. This has been the argument for as long as I've been old enough to watch college football. Um, And it very rarely ever, 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 ever plays out. You are way more likely to have no undefeated teams than three undefeated teams or four or five or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that that makes it different because truly you're splitting hairs. And they said that on the, the you know, the three minutes of the selection. So I watched before I ran to the ball, like mm-hmm. it is all before splitting you turn hairs. on the uh, press conference, the Florida state press conference. Right. Um, but I think, and we've talked about this before. I can't remember if we talked about it on the pot or not, but we've talked about it in, in our real lives. I think that this once you determine, <laughs> once you determine who the four teams are, which and I do think that um, you use the eye test. Uh, we we talk about this a combination of the resume and the eye test. But I get leading harder on the eye test for this to determine who your four are. But once you go from there, I do think resume needs to play a factor. They're all four getting in, so it doesn't. It's not like you're leaving somebody out based solely on a resume that they can't control. Which I fully admit, Clemson doesn't get to pick how the rest of their conference does, and their out of conference schedule. You know it. it looked better at the start of the season than it ended up being. And that's not their fault either. But I, I just don't understand how you look at LSU's resume 
and then look at Clemson's resume and put Clemson ahead of them. So uh, I, everything else being equal. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't have any thoughts about putting Clemson ahead of them or Ohio State ahead of them or anybody else. I think that LSU eye test and re- – because part of that eye test includes seeing competition, right? Like, Sure. So part of the eye test is resume and part of the resume Correct. is eye test. Like they, they are pretty closely linked. So I can look at LSU and say, man, LSU probably beat – I mean, LSU beat Florida, and then LSU probably beat two teams that at the time were better, you know, just as good, if not better than like Florida. And Florida wouldn't, Florida would have been the best team that Clemson played. Uh, Auburn would have been shot. the best team I mean, that Clemson played. I mean, well, LSU, you beat look L- at the, LSU beat AM, who was just, the best team that Clemson played, you know, and they were the sure. fifth team. So, like, I test factors that in too, you know, and, right. and so it, does it, resume. So, well, but I don't have a go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was oh, going to say I don't have a problem looking at that, but I I don't I don't know. You know, I just don't know where you draw the line. That's what makes it so right. tough with the with the rankings, and we'll get into this in a minute with where UF is ranked and where different teams are ranked. But I just don't know where you draw the line of of resume and eye test, right? Like mm-hmm. I just. I don't know that. And I guess college football's always been somewhat subjective in that. Um, sure. Because they've always factored in the coaches poll and the AP poll and stuff like that. Or actually just the coaches poll when when it was the BCS. You had all the computer rankings. But even the computer rankings, they were like the Sangren rankings and stuff like that, which were formulated yeah. by people you know that had – their biases and stuff that were put in. So I don't know, you know, but I I mean, I like that part of college football. I like that you can look at two teams. Like if you were, if you were ranking the NBA right now, you know, just watching the NBA, you can clearly see the Lakers are way better than anybody else. Now, will they be in April when the playoffs start? I don't know. But if you were ranking the NBA right now, just because another team may have a better record or, or a similar record, I mean, the Lakers do have the best record in the NBA, well, so maybe that's not the best example. But like, you know, I do like that college football is a little bit different with that. You know, that it's not so black and white. What you just said right there is uh, kind of interesting, and I think something the playoff committee may have actually taken into account um, when they just determined this. You said, "Will they? They're the best team right now. Will they be the best team in April?" I do think that this committee is kind of taking into account when teams are peaking maybe a little bit more than how they looked the entire season, which could kind of explain LSU staying above Ohio State. And not that LSU has looked bad. They haven't. They just have given up more points than their defense generally does. Um, But I think that there's a lot of people that would say that Ohio State has looked the most consistent over the course of the year. But if you look at both games on Saturday, I don't think there's anybody that would argue that LSU – is the one that's peaking at the right time. And so I think maybe that kind of plays, plays into where they ended up as well. How important is that to you? Not to the committee, to anybody else, the, the two things, right? Like how much is body of work important and how much is literally what you just did the last week of the season? See, for you know, me, body I, I, of work is more important. Yes, absolutely. Um, Which leads me to a follow-up. No, go ahead. Sorry, I just cut you off. I do have a follow-up oh, no, to that I idea. I don't I was I, I just I for me, 
body of work is more important than when you lost. And I, I, I think that I would be in the minority about of that. At least, I don't know. At least it feels that way. I don't, if you have one loss and I have one loss, I want to know whose loss was worse based on who they played, what the scores were. I don't really care if it happened in September or it happened in November if we both have the same number of losses. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Minus, you know, like you know, unless it's like an injury or something kind of weird. Although, you know, for an Oregon team that loses week one to to Auburn, you know, I, I don't know. I think it can kind of get a little bit weird there. Well, but I, I you mean, know, I think it's I, also different week one versus like sure. week week one versus week twelve is very different than week eight versus week twelve, right? Is what I right. think you're saying. Well, and I think how you lost. I mean, they lost in the last six seconds of that game. That to me is very different than being dominated for four quarters. Um, and so I would give the nod to an Oregon team over somebody that was dominated for four quarters if we're basing it, you know, off of one loss. So but go ahead. No, go ahead. Did you have something else on that? I had something oh, completely different. I, I, I just was was just going to say, I I, um, I think that you have to look at how basically how you lost, and I don't I don't I don't know I don't get this. What have you done for me lately? Kind of attitude, which is which is how we we determine these things normally. If you lose, you lose. You want to lose early is kind of the like slogan. But I don't know that I agree with that personally. So. I saw a lot that this is kind of the same thought, and I'm very interested to see how you react here Um, because I have a very strong opinion on this. Tweeted it and have (laughs) – oh, like you won't have a strong opinion one way (laughs) or the other either way. Um, Do you apply the same logic to Georgia yesterday that that you were just telling me there? So basically are you asking – I think this is what I think you're getting at. Are you getting at if you are in your conference championship and you lose, you shouldn't necessarily be penalized for playing in a game that most of college football didn't get to play in? I think that's a part of what I'm going to allude to, but I just mean the logic that you just gave. Georgia got their second loss yesterday. Mm -hmm. Should them losing yesterday because they got their second loss later than everyone else, should they drop below all those two lost no. teams that lost in late October or early November or wherever? Um, I, not necessarily. No, I think that you've got to look at, again, S- same how with Wisconsin team- and same with everybody else that, that, that lost Baylor lost their second game. So that's kind of my thought. I think it depends on how you lose. I think that Georgia got absolutely dominated by LSU. So if I'm voting, I'm dropping Georgia and it doesn't have really anything to do with, the fact that it's their second loss or the fact that the loss happened in December or whatever else, it has to do with the fact that they were completely and totally dominated the entire football game. So therefore I, in my mind, they can't be as good as I thought that they were. And when I look at some of the teams behind them and I picture how they would compete head to head, I think that there are other teams that would beat Georgia as well, which is what helps me move them down. Um, I think how you far could down say, are you moving them? So for Georgia, I, honestly, it's hard because I, I personally think currently Florida's a better team than Georgia is. I would have a really hard time putting them 
behind Florida, though, because they beat them head to head. And that's right. supposed to count for yeah, and a you, lot. You and know? you said that body of work is important. Is important. Body of I work. Think, you, you said the body of work is more important than what have you done for me lately. And right. so I just don't think you can, and I don't think you have any intention of, and I'm not trying to paint the picture that you wanted to put them ahead of Florida or anything like that. But I saw a lot of, or behind Florida, I saw a lot of people that, I saw a lot of people on social media that thought that just what you just said, Florida would beat Georgia head to head right now in a neutral field. I actually don't believe that. Like we texted during that game, Florida wasn't even close in that no, game. No, I don't think I, that don't they think, were. I think so they're a I don't think they're, now. But I also think Georgia's a different team now. I don't think we've seen uh, as good a Georgia team as Florida saw since that game happened. I mean, I don't, they beat, I, I, I mean, they beat Georgia Tech by like 7 million. You know, I, mean, I, I know that's not a super is, impressive win. They also beat a very good Auburn team after that. They beat a, a well, good coach in Jimbo Fisher. So, you know, I don't think they've been like world beaters, but I do think they've been good since that. I think since that, Florida that they game. peaked at that Florida game. And maybe that is totally my homerism coming out. I don't know. I just, I've watched Georgia a lot since then. I mainly because I was rooting for them to implode and somehow Florida to back to into the, the SEC championship, championship yeah, game. I mean, they, but they beat a top 15 Auburn team on the road after that Florida game. I mean, again, Florida I, I, beat I, that I same Auburn team in, uh, in the swamp. you know, pretty dominating fashion yeah. as well. Um, I just, so I, I don't know, I don't know. I, but I don't, but I agree. Even if, even if you thought Florida would beat them head to head on a neutral field, which again, I don't think they would. Um, well, and they played head to head on a neutral field. All right. Like you year. can't so, rank I mean, somebody how many, ahead of somebody. I think beats, that there's, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have the same number of losses, you can't rank them ahead if you've lost to them. Well, ahead. and I also think you got to take into consideration. So if one plays four, the out the the when you rank a team one and you rank a team four, what you're saying is you think that number one team would beat that number four team. For so sure. when that outcome happens exactly like you thought it would, determined by the way that you ranked them, I don't know that that four team should drop a whole lot unless you think the teams that are behind them would beat them because you right. expected all along that one would beat four. And and you also factor in like Georgia got absolutely obliterated in that game. But you right. also fact in the fact factor in the fact that you know, I mean they played it fairly close for a half. They played it about as close as you thought they could and then game snowball, right? Like right. you know, sure. you know, they they I don't know. I, I, think- I think that if you and then I think that also ties into the fact of, of what you thought I was going to allude to, which I did tweet today. And I think I do believe I, I don't think we should penalize teams for going to a conference championship because right. the problem is that, you know, the adage in college football has always been, and you alluded to not liking it. If you just lose early, you're fine. Remember right. Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech week one. We all watched it on Thursday night, and we all said, Ohio State's out. Like, sucks well, to suck. Well, I mean, think about and, a- and Alabama. They, if they hadn't lost to Auburn, they would literally be in the playoff. In the playoff without, right now, yeah, without beating anybody. Well, I guess Without Auburn going to their anybody. conference championship game. Um, I think – I would I would be more comfortable with the concept that we don't move anybody down if you lost championship weekend if I felt like there was more parity in college football than there is. I think it's kind of 
crappy to think that like we're going to give some credence to this Virginia team who went in as the sacrificial lamb against Clemson just because they made it when there is, I don't know, uh, 10, 12 SEC teams sitting at home that would beat that same Virginia team. Here's the thing. If you thought, if you thought, I mean, I think Virginia is ranked 24th right now. I think they were 23rd going to the game. If you thought Virginia was the 23rd best team going into the weekend, essentially saying they would beat the teams ranked behind them, I don't think a loss against Clemson changes that. Like, I right. still think they're right. about the 23rd. Like, right. like Georgia being the fourth best well, team. I'm glad they I'm moved not... Georgia out of the playoff. But, like, if you thought Georgia was the fourth best team going into the game on Saturday, they're about the fourth, fifth, sixth best team coming out of the sure. weekend on Saturday. And I... that's kind of the concept. It's not that they can't move down. It's just that I don't think it, it should just be such a sure. knee jerk reaction. If Georgia would have lost to LSU, I, I, and that's, and I think the committee. Well, no, it's the committee. I think the committee did the right thing here because if Georgia loses to LSU in week seven like that, they fall eight spots. If Virginia loses to Clemson in week six like that, they're out of the rankings. If Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin lost kind of acceptably or whatever. Baylor, kind of the same thing. Baylor drops four or five spots. Wisconsin drops four or five. I kind of like that they dropped them very subtly, what, like one or two spots each. I think that's the right move. Because if you thought that all of those teams that lost or that went to those conference championships were deserving of their rankings, losing to better teams should not have moved them down. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I personally think I have the biggest issue with Oregon jumping from 13 to six um, out of all of the, moves that happened. I all along have not thought that Utah was as good as they were being hyped as being. Um, and I just think that that's, that's a massive leap. And I mean, including jumping over an Auburn team that they lost to, um, and I get it last six seconds, whatever, it's still a loss in the, you know, in the loss column that was, that jump I think was more offensive to me than anybody that didn't fall if they lost. Yeah, because I don't think their win was that impressive. Right. Um, the committee well, has the just thing. shown like, a- the committee has just shown an extreme preference for people that win their conference championship. Yeah, and they they made that jump. That jump was not about them beating Utah because if they beat Utah last week, they don't jump like that, right? Like they yeah. jump to like. Maybe right. like nine or ten, right? Uh, maybe like seven or eight. I don't know. But I don't what know. they I don't did think with they that quite that hard, high. What? Where were they before? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. They jumped from thirteen to six. So I think they could jump maybe five spots, right? Like maybe, maybe to eight, probably like nine, ten, right? Like three or four spots. Yes, yeah. nine or ten. Fair. I think would be more legit. To be very, very honest, the. The relevance, the relevance of it is very low, right? Like the 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 Pac-12 is going to take the highest rated. Uh, the the Rose Bowl is going to take the highest rated Pac-12 team, and then sure. we'll, we'll kind of see how it all shakes out, right? Like like Florida should still have every opportunity to finish like top five, six ish, um, and and so should every team in the top ten because they all play each other, and so. You know, based on who you based on who you beat or who who loses this game or that game, you know, we'll kind of determine it. But 
Yeah, I think that that Oregon jump has everything to do with them winning their conference championship, right? Which I'm well, not as big of a fan of either. Like, I don't think that's the right thing. It doesn't really bother me as much. I think like, they basically being just being up there with three losses bothers bothers they, me a little bit too. They basically um, just jumped Oregon into Utah's spot. Although right. we talked about this, like again, it all kind of goes back to that second episode of eye test versus resume. I know as a as a Florida fan, you will probably side with Florida, but I mean, I think oh, Oregon, Florida, Baylor, Florida, Wisconsin, Florida would all be good games. Like I don't say they would all be good. I, games. I don't think there's. I, a, I, I don't think like there's a definitive. Chances, yeah, I don't think there's a definitive winner in any of those. I mean, I'd probably say the same thing with Penn State right behind Florida. Like I think sure. all you know six through ten. Any of those games would be good games, you know. That's. I mean, I think that would be the case, honestly, at least four through ten, because I think there's a massive jump step down between the top three and Oklahoma. Yeah, I would. I would feel like I would take Oklahoma. Like I think they got it right. Like I go. I think Oklahoma is the fourth best team. I don't think the gap is nearly as wide, but I would take Oklahoma without question over I any think of the I test five through you 10 can roll the dice four through at probably 10 and and an argument can be made for most of those teams based on eye test but I think that resume wise you for sure have to put Oklahoma in I think I, that you I win your conference test- championship with the I, I don't know I just think Oklahoma is the logical choice Although it had they been left out, I don't know that they have such a huge argument, you know, and, and they should be able to stay up their feet or whatever else, but I think they're the right choice. And that's based on resume, truly. I would feel confident that Oklahoma beats every team ranked through six six through ten without question. Okay. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Like I mean they may not, right? Like anything can happen any given Saturday, but I mean I would be confident. I mean, Oklahoma would be, besides Georgia, Oklahoma would be at least a six-point favorite against every team six through ten. And that's not to say that a Vegas line means who's going to win. But I would right. I would feel confident that Oklahoma would beat any of those teams on a neutral field. Now, if they had to play all five of them back-to-back weeks, I mean, I'm not going to predict that. But if you just gave me yeah. Oklahoma against any one of those teams, Oregon, Baylor, Wisconsin, Florida, Penn State – I mean, I'm I am betting anything. If I get if I get straight up odds that that Oklahoma just has to beat any of those teams, I will take that every time. And, and mm. Florida could challenge them. Penn State could challenge them. I mean, Baylor played them very very well. So you know, if you factor in the fact that Baylor gets them for a third time one year, they may beat them too. But I mean, I would take Oklahoma over any of those teams, and I'd take Georgia too. Like I would take Georgia over anybody below them. Again, that's not to say that somebody couldn't upset them. But I mean, they'd be a tu- they'd be nearly a touchdown favorite over just about everybody behind. Right. Them. I think if this weekend showed us anything, it's that there never needs to be an expansion because I I mean, there's there's legitimately not four teams that have a completely valid argument where somebody else behind them couldn't produce a pretty decent argument for why they should be there. The top three obviously are set, but so what are we going to give four more? teams that are not particularly deserving the opportunity to do it too. I just, I I don't know, watching this weekend, 
four is the right number. There does not need to be more than that. Well, it's what makes college football special, right? Like if sure. you expanded to eight, um, a team like Wisconsin with three losses gets a playoff berth. Let's say they don't jump Wisconsin up and it's Florida in the eight spot. Why does Florida deserve a chance at the college football like the championship when they've already lost to two teams in front of them. Well, it makes the, it makes the regular season. It makes the regular, but my point, yeah, I mean, they have a better argument. That's fine, but it makes the regular season absolutely irrelevant. irrelevant. If you give Florida a chance to, to compete for a title after they've lost to two teams, you know, maybe they caught LSU on a bad day. They caught Georgia on a bad day, whatever. They have already proven they're not as good as those teams. They cannot beat those teams. There's no, you know, we don't need to see that again. The we've LSU has already proven they're better than those teams. Why would we expand that and make that make that where now all of a sudden this regular season thing that we think is so great, these twelve or thirteen weeks that we live for, it's just irrelevant. Like, why even play the regular season games? Just make a big 164-team tournament and start from there, which is basically what college basketball does. Yeah. I I mean, here's the thing. I think it hurts um, more competitive conferences worse than it does other conferences. And until there is, which there's never going to be, so conference parity, this is – it's just a silly concept, honestly. You're telling me – I mean – most people think if you expand to eight, that there's automatic births, right. And that they're conference champions and potentially, uh, add the highest ranked group of five school or whatever. But so that at that point, there is incentive for playing in a weak conference. There's incentive for not scheduling well out of conference because you, uh, you look at a team like Oregon this year, who, if they don't schedule Auburn and they play the sisters of the blind first week of the year, instead they're in the playoffs. Um, and we'll, well see even more with of that. The loss, even with the loss to Auburn, they'd be in. I mean, I agree. It doesn't. Well, I guess it if that was their only loss. Yes. Well, but, I, I mean, mean, if they, I'm just saying, if they took by away winning, that, yeah. I mean, I mean, but if you're saying there's automatic bids, you know, they would be in. Well, they'd anyway. be in regardless. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, what I will say is, you know, you're right about you know the tougher conferences, but I mean, winning. Winning the SEC, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. Winning the SEC is tougher on the surface, but if you look at it from a different perspective, I'm looking winning, interested to see how you're going to spin this. Yeah, no, I mean, we can all say the SEC is the best conference, but the level of competition of the SEC is is higher, right? Like, correct, and so. Winning it. So, are you saying that the level of competition level, is higher, yeah, but it's with equal respect, in- with respect to your competition, right? Like, right. winning the Big Twelve is not necessarily easier or harder than winning the SEC because the level of competition from I understand what you're saying to so get you're- to the to get to to get to that championship to win that championship is similar. Now, what I will say is that the SEC has more good teams, but I mean, you don't necessarily have to play all of those teams to win it. For example, if Alabama just beats LSU, 
they go. You know, mm-hmm. if Florida just beats Georgia with their loss to LSU, they go. Heck, Florida could have lost to Auburn as well and just beaten Georgia, and they would have still gone. And so the the conference is better, but as far as being harder or easier to win, the level of competition remains the same. And so, so you're it, saying essentially if you're the, in a conference of all three stars, it's the same level of competition because everybody has all three stars as it is if you're playing in the SEC and everybody has a all five, five star. stars. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. You know, at that point, you know, I, I put a I troll think, tweet out that a bunch of people bid on this weekend about, you know, Norvell having the best record in right. the big three. And I really just did that for reactions, but they said, well, he's done that in the AAC. And the thought is, yeah, with AAC players, you know, and and that wasn't even really my point. Like I really did that more for a troll, but winning in the AAC, like, it's not like he had Florida state's roster. Well, that's not a good example. It's not like he had Florida's roster and was winning the AAC. So that's kind of my point with that. So all Mm -hmm. that to say, I do think if they were to expand and go to automatic tie-ins, that is the right thing. And then the proof will come out in the, in the playoff, right? Like It's just it, annoying it, to think that there would be four teams in one conference better than anybody another conference could produce, but that other conference gets an automatic tie-in. Don't that they point, kind of already getting, get that, though? I mean, didn't, yes, didn't that just happen? Frustrating. Didn't Yeah, I was going to say, didn't that just ha- like. I know Georgia looked terrible on Saturday. I know you said you think they've looked worse as time has gone. But, I mean, if Georgia and Oklahoma lined up right now, I mean, don't you? I mean, I think Georgia would beat them. You know, like, I don't know. Georgia has some injuries and stuff, so maybe that's not the best example. That is already frustrating. Yeah, so, like, it's no different if we go to You know, the SEC or whatever, and that's the – it would get exponentially more frustrating to watch it go to eight, and I think we would have – this, uh, we'd have the same result. We'd have an LSU and Alabama or a Clemson national champion or, you know, an Ohio state every single time. Those teams that would be in the top four are who we're going to win anyway. Yeah, no, I don't think there's, but we've cheapened the regular season to get there. Yeah. And I think you may ruin the championship game, right? Like if you put a, you know, if you put like right now, if you went one through eight and you put LSU up against, Wisconsin, right? I think it'd be really, really exciting if Wisconsin could knock them off. But then you're going to have a really, really bad next round game. Like Wisconsin's going to get their absolute doors beat in and lose by a billion to just whoever that 4-5 matchup is, Oklahoma or Georgia would be right now. And then in the championship game, you're going to get Georgia against Clemson and Clemson's just going to clean their clock. Like, you you know, what makes the what makes basketball fun is seeing, you know, those low seeds win in that first round because there's six rounds, right? Like they're going to lose. So you know they're not going to be standing by the very end. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Florida, I mean, had you, you, you've graduated by this point, I think, but didn't Florida get to play like George Mason or something like that in the final four? Yeah, they played George Mason. I I want to say that was my senior year. So George Mason upsets three teams gets to play UConn, upsets UConn as well to go to the Final Four. That was the Elite Eight matchup. George Mason goes to the Final Four, and then Florida beats him by like 30. Right? Like right. It wasn't even competitive. It wasn't fun. UConn-Florida right. that year would have been amazing in the Final sure. Four. Like That would have been the matchup. Um, 
And the winner of that game, I mean, Florida obviously won anyway. Um, but the winner of that game was would have won it. And that would have been a fantastic right. Final Four game. UConn again. And, and UConn George Mason was awesome. I, I, am, I remember watching it. I remember it going to overtime. I've watched the highlights a couple times since then. Like that was such a fantastic game. And that's great for college basketball where there right. are 7,000 games. And there are 65 games just in uh, late the last two weeks of March. Um, it is a lot of fun. But I don't think we're willing to sacrifice college football by expanding right. it to that, to that. Yeah. Because the, the how, many, that, how many college basketball games have you watched this year? None so far. Okay, how many college football <laughs> games have you watched? 87 bajillion. Yeah, all regular season because the regular season matters. If college right. basketball season, regular season matters, we'd watch all of those too. Sure, right? But they exactly. don't matter. So you can just pick it up in March. I – I think I the mean, people we're both that, on the same page here. The one thing the we people agree that argue for it is the one thing that we agree on. The people that argue for expansion are people that play for a conference that they feel like could be on the outside looking in pretty easily. And so those of us who root for a team that are in a conference that know if we win, we're in are, you know, feel pretty confident in it. But if you play for, a, if you play in a conference that is going to be, you know, on the cusp, even if you go undefeated or whatever, it's because it's not very strong. So, and it's because you're, you're probably filled with two and three star guys who legitimately wouldn't run through the playoffs. Would you be okay? So would you be okay going to a, now this is the one thing that I think would be interesting, um, with, an expansion, which I'm not in favor of. I'm okay going back to two. Like I am completely okay with that. Although it would be difficult this year. Like who are you leaving out this year? Which is, doesn't happen very often, but yeah, this year. Here's what you could do. I mean, here's what would be even better in situations where you have three power five undefeated teams. If you ever had four, like if, like we could have easily had four this year, right? Like if Oklahoma just doesn't blow it against who was it, Kansas State, like Kansas we could State, have had yeah. four. We're one bad Oklahoma. Like if Oklahoma played Kansas State right now, they beat them um, without a doubt, right? Like they're playing better. They just got caught off guard. Like we're one game away from having it. So, like, here's the caveat you go back to two. If there are four undefeated Power Five teams, you do a four team playoff. If there are three, you do a round robin. And the yeah. First, you know, and then you're that's how you crown your champ. So first one to win two. Um, so that would be my – but here's the one thing. I If we went to uh, an expansion, I would want to go to six. Right. Uh, but what I would want is for three to play – like the NFL playoffs, like, right, like one side of the NFL playoffs. I would want three to play six, four to play five, and, and one and two, one and two stay protected because yeah. I don't want to sacrifice a championship game. Like I don't right. like I want, I actually think that Clemson's going to beat Ohio state. Um, so, you know, whatever, let's, let's move that around. But like one and two right now, are Ohio state, unless you like, I want them protected. I want yeah. them in the final. Like I don't yeah. want there to be a chance that Georgia and Oklahoma upset them. Um, well, I think more than that, you've if you're one or two and you're letting in six teams, one and two have earned the right to not to have a to, buy. to mess around with yeah yeah. So five and if, six. But. If we expand, I mean, I always think less is more. So six to me would be the right number. You you play the first four, and then you're you know you're one and two, 
you know, get, get what they get. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I wouldn't have a big problem. I, I've alluded to this a couple of times. I wouldn't have a big problem with Clemson moving to, uh, moving to number two. I, it didn't happen. It doesn't really matter in our current setup, but Clemson, I know that they don't have the impressive, you know, ranked wins. I mean, they literally blew every team out that they played. I know Ohio State did a lot this year too, but Ohio State looked a little shaky. Last night, you know, you can only play the teams ahead of you. I don't know. I I think Ohio State, I think Clemson's going to win that game. I don't know if you have a take there or a thought there. Um, But I think it'll come out like, you know, we should have made – they won't say like we should have made Clemson number two. But, I mean, I think Clemson is definitely playing the – chip on the shoulder card, whether or not it's legitimate or uh, they're just hyping it up because it's nice motivation. They definitely have a chip on their shoulder, which should scare Ohio State. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be You remember the last time they met? Yes. Clemson won. It was, wasn't was a blowout? 31 nothing. So, yeah, okay. Um, It'll be interesting. Uh to watch but and I mean I, I think the playoff committee got it right I think these are going to be four great games I think LSU is going to wax the floor with Oklahoma I, I lied it's not going to be four great games um, or three great game great games it's going to be two great games um, could you see but, Oklahoma sticking around for a half uh, I think they can stick around for a half uh, I mean it depends on I feel like LSU's defense has started playing better in the last couple of weeks and that that's the key. No one's stopping LSU's offense. So then you're you're hoping to get in a shootout, which Oklahoma has the horses to get into a shootout with them. But LSU's defense has started playing so much better that I think that's going to be the difference. Um, yeah, I but think I, don't know. I think LSU wins by you know fourteen or so. Maybe, well, when you're talking you know, about a playoff game, though, fourteen's a lot. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That's, that's a lot. I think they pull away late, like second yeah. half, pull away. You know, with their uh, Heisman think, winning quarterback, I do think there's some. Um, I don't know. There's something about me that enjoys the fact that Jalen Hurts is in the playoffs and Alabama's at home, and I like Alabama. I don't have any issue with Alabama, but I think that that's uh, kind of a neat little storyline. Same thing with uh, Justin Fields and UGA, yeah, also at home in Georgia. Um, when you think I, about the fact that three of these four teams are manned by quarterbacks who last season played for somebody else is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see when Frank's leads LSU to the uh, playoffs again next year. So (laughs) (laughs) um, just get buckle up. Um, No, I can see Ohio state keeping it around. Like I I think that Georgia a month ago, I I mean, I'll agree with you that Georgia was a better team a month ago. I think a lot of it has to do with injuries and stuff, but I think if Georgia has, yeah, but Georgia's not the only team to to deal with injuries. Like last night, what reading Twitter, I was like, Georgia fans think they're the only people that have ever had to deal with injuries. It's part of the game. That that may be what they think, but I, I, that's not my take. I just think that we're dealing with some pretty serious injuries and, you know, it kind of hampered what they could do in this game. I think they also had some really big drops. Um, yeah. by wide receivers, you? you know, and, and I don't think like CD lamb is better than anybody that Georgia has out at wide out. Yeah. I think that Jalen hurts is more of a threat than Jake Fromm is, you know? And so I, I think that I don't think that Oklahoma can match them for the entire game, but I do think they'll play them closer than Georgia did last yeah. night. And I think they'll stick around for a half. If they stick around for any more than a half, it could maybe get weird. But I think that after about halftime, LSU starts to pull away, 
and wins that game by I just think LSU's secondary plays as well as they have the last couple of weeks, and Jalen Hurts throws the amount of interceptions that he's thrown in the second half of the season. It could get wild for LSU. Yeah, Um, they definitely have the propensity to blow anybody in this country out. Um, Yeah. They were fortunate in the first half last night to capitalize on some Georgia drops. So I know you say that secondary is – I mean, the secondary is definitely playing better. I'm not going to disagree there. But the secondary didn't force the drops, right? Like, right. you know, guys are dropping 50-yard bomb touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, they weren't in the end zone. But, like, kind of like if you catch this, you can go. So um, um, when you mentioned Kirby and you mentioned the injuries and stuff, did you see the comments that he made in his press conference last night? I did. Oh, about – about the players that had left and who's still on so, the team and stuff. Yeah, the question was, are you getting the most out of your talent is what he was asked. And it's a legitimate question because Georgia has more five stars than anybody but Alabama on their roster currently. And they haven't been able to get over the hump. So, I mean, that is that is a legitimate question. And they for sure had way more stars on the field than um, – than LSU did. But so anyway, so the question is, are you getting the most out of your talent? And he basically went on to say that all of their, that Fromm put up better numbers the last two years, but that's because he had four NFL wide receivers and that they definitely don't have four NFL wide receivers right now. And then he went on to say, we tried to fix that with transfers, but didn't really work, which essentially is telling the guys that did transfer in like, yeah, you weren't as good as advertised. Um, and then he, he talks about, you know, you can blame, uh, he said, you can blame from, you can blame, blame Coley. You can even blame me. You know, it's whatever, like you're the head coach. You're getting paid a bajillion dollars a year. You sit up on the podium and you say, yeah, I didn't do enough with the talent that I have, which by the way, would be a true statement. But even if it wasn't a true statement, it's still what you say as the coach that's getting paid to lead this program. But when you bring in as many five stars as they are, you're not developing your talent. That's the answer. Yeah, it was a very Willie Taggart-ish statement to blame somebody else and and not take responsibility yourself, even if it's true, right? Like, they did lose a lot of sure, wide-out talent. But, and it is true that those kids are not as good. And, I mean, they're you young. you word it you know, in I a way that doesn't yeah, like throw you, your current guys under the bus. Absolutely. No, that's 100% on him. That is unacceptable. That's like... I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about like coaches and the pride that goes into it and just how they, you know, very few are able, not very few, but like they get caught up in the heat of the moment. I mean, he got embarrassed on national TV. This was supposed to be Georgia's year. This, this was absolute. And even if Georgia does beat South Carolina, right? Like if they go into that game 12 and 0 and 12, 12 and 0. The outcome's not any different though. Yeah. You know, for sure. I just, it really rubs me the wrong way. He said stuff about like, you know, and our wide receivers out there dropping balls and blah, blah, blah. Like this is a team sport. You win as a team, you lose as a team and your head coach takes the blame no matter what, because that's what he gets paid the big bucks to do. And truth be told, He's clearly not developing his talent. I don't understand how you can sign the kind of classes that he's signed and ha- have not had better results in the, in the postseason. And he just, I don't know. And you watch him lose it on the sidelines. And uh, listen, I have college football Tourette's, so I totally have respect for people that lose their shit while watching college football. But have you seen him on the sidelines? Like, I, I, He's like unhinged half the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, you know, George's chance was two years ago, and mm-hmm. it took a absolutely crazy good decision for from um, you know Nick Saban to put to it in and and lead them back. They really should have balls really of steel. That is re- like oh really my god, should have won that game. Um, in fact, even before that, I don't know if you remember this play, but in fact, before that, Georgia had the ball up two scores and yeah. a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage resulted in an Alabama turnover or uh, Georgia turnover. Um, Georgia was in field goal range at that point, had that kicker with the glasses that makes everything, um, Except would have probably yeah. gone up three scores there. They were moving the ball. In plus territory, I think that was really more the play of the game than even Tua coming in and being great. But you know that was George's chance, you know, and, and yeah, and they. I think if they if they beat Alabama last year in the SEC title game, which they really should have won that game too. Uh, I mean, I think they end up losing to Clemson anyway. So, um, you know, he will continue to bring in great talent. I mean, if we've talked about this again, not to not to preview it fifty you know, 48 weeks early, but it, it'll really come down to, you know, Florida, Georgia next year. I, he's going to continue to bring in talent. If he, if he wins that game again next year um, in Jacksonville, then, you know, all of the talent's going to be there and, and they'll kind of prime themselves for another run, you know? And so we'll see. Um, speaking of Florida, uh, we'll talk about these bowl matchups and then get out of here. Cause it's getting late tonight and, I'm supposed to get up at six tomorrow and do something else with with the roll up. So I don't know. We'll sneak preview there. Um, not too exciting with the other two matchups: Florida State, Arizona State, out at the Sun Bowl, uh, Miami, Louisiana Tech in Shreveport, Illinois. Um, I really don't know how either of those games will go. I think that if Cam Akers plays and Tamora and Terry play, uh, Florida State could win that like i wouldn't be shocked either way i think that's the way. most intriguing matchup out of the big 3 yeah i think matchups. that i think that could go absolutely either way uh, i wouldn't be shocked if florida state was to lose that oregon was upset by arizona state so they obviously play up uh but they also play down to some teams like oregon's law or i'm sorry arizona state's lost some games they shouldn't so um you know it'd be really interesting to see kind of what happens there uh, the last team in the big three to play, so the latest bowl game. So the logo definitely still holds weight at FSU, uh, oh, playing after the other two teams. Uh, the earliest bowl game is Miami and Louisiana Tech. Um, yeah, it's like tomorrow, right? <laughs> it is the day after Christmas. I have heard that Louisiana Tech beat FIU. Um so, if that's the case, looks like Miami could be in for a, a pretty tough game there. Um, I would expect vis-a-vis that, the transit property. Yeah, Miami I would expect that losing. Miami wins that game. I would pick Miami to win that game, but I don't think anything would shock me there. And then the only game that I know what will happen is down in Miami. Are we? Uh, 
Are we taking all the girls down <laughs> to watch Florida blow out uh, Virginia on the 30th? I don't know. I would assume tickets will be pretty easy to get. So maybe we maybe we should make that move. Do but we have I, to pay tickets for three-month-olds? Like, how's this You work? do. Isn't that wild? No. Have, you can't yes. just take them in. That's BS. I mean... Just put them in uh, one of those clear bags. We're good they, to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody will see. Stick their heads um, I have been interested to see that Virginia apparently has uh, Twitter warriors on there. I've seen. I've been sitting here scrolling through my phone as we've been doing this podcast, and I've seen like four or five separate Virginia fans talking about how they are going to take care of business against the overrated SEC, and that's what they did to South Carolina, and they're going to do the same thing with Florida. Clearly, they haven't watched any Gator games this year. Um, or they're just super unaware of um, self-aware. They have no self-awareness. Uh, that's going to be uh, – I can't lie and say I'm excited about that game because after watching them get waxed by Clemson, I can't imagine that it's much of a game. But, hey, I guess at least Florida's in a second New Year's Six Bowl for Dan Mullen, and that's not bad. Yeah, they lost to Miami, um, so that's your first – uh, clue right. that they're not very good. They also only beat Willie Taggart by like four. Um, so again, just not a very good team. Um, would be shocked if it is at all close. Like yeah, I, me too. I don't even see it like kind of a oh they can keep it weird for a half. Like I I don't think it. I mean they're essentially Florida State. I mean they went nine and three because they don't have to play Clemson. Right? Yeah, they they're in a different conference. They don't go yeah. nine and three. They, if you switch Florida State and Virginia schedule, Florida State goes eight and four, and Virginia goes seven and five. Right? Like you know, not getting to play Georgia Tech and not having to play Clemson, getting to play Virginia Tech and not having to play Florida as your rivalry. You know, like. Just all of the things lined up. They played Liberty. Yeah. They played Liberty when we played you guys. You know, <laughs> like you just flip those things around and, and sure. Florida State wins. So um they're 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 Florida State. They're essentially the same level of the team that you guys just beat by fifty. Or actually I guess it was only twenty three, so I feel a little better there. But they're the same level as the team you guys just beat in Gainesville. And so the game won't be good. Um at all, it would be a massive failure. I, I don't like to put a lot into bowl games, but it would be a massive failure if Mullen was to lose that, even with the guys that'll set out of the game. Um, I guess my only takeaway from the game is that bowl affiliations and tie-ins are stupid and shouldn't exist. <laughs> um, Agreed. Uh, which I've said that before on here. I've said that on the Big Three roll-up. Um, I think Virginia-Memphis would be a really, really good game. I know that... Florida fans are tired of playing the Big Ten, but I think that Penn State, Florida would be a I great think that would game. Be a great game, yeah. And, and that's just what we should get. You know, whether it was in, whether you put that game in Tempe, Arizona, or you put that game in, you know, in Texas for the Cotton Bowl or, or Miami, whatever. Those would be two good games. I think Virginia Memphis would be a lot of fun. I think that'd be a fantastic game. Memphis has, doesn't have any defense. Uh, I think Virginia would score on them. I think that both teams would be back and forth. I think that Penn State, Florida would be a lot of fun. Um, but we have bowl tie-ins, and so I'm not excited about any of the bowls. I'm excited yeah, about one of the playoff games. Yeah, conference tie-ins definitely kind of ruin it. For... So that's kind of my takeaway from the, yeah. the bowl season. I would have liked to play Oregon. I mean, obviously they were going to the, um, to the Rose Bowl, and that's not going to happen. But I think that would have been a cool matchup. I just There's so many 
when you look at who the top teams are, there's so many cool matchups you could come up with and <laughs> none of them are happening. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. I mean, Oregon will play who? Wisconsin? Are they the uh-huh. the, the Big Ten team? Yeah. I mean, to me, that's not even exciting. I, it might not be a terrible game. You know, like it, it might end up being somewhat okay. No, I think that'll be an interesting game. It's I, not it, what I would I, pick, but that's I, not I a bad the, one. The best of the big six, sure. like the New Year's six, minus the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, um, Florida State's matchup is so much better than any of the uh, the New Year's six games I we're think getting. Florida State, or, yeah, like it's the Sun Bowl. It's not exciting. The last time I remember a big three team being in it was when Miami was um, playing in that snowstorm. It was the same year that I believe um, – Al Golden got fired, so they just kind of coached with a, a makeshift staff that was down mm-hmm. there. It was in that snowstorm. It was terrible weather. Um, but I mean, it's the Sun Bowl. It's not super exciting. But I think Herm Edwards versus Florida State. I mean, you know, as bad as we've been the last couple of years, I mean, it's still FSU. It's it's Arizona State, um, kind of close to their campus. So I think it'll be fun. We'll see. But yeah, who cares either way. Well, I'm excited. I like bowl season, even if it's crappy games. I like to have football on from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed for like two weeks straight. That works for me. Um, And I can't believe the season's almost over, though. That is sad. Army-Navy this weekend, do you have a pick? Uh, (laughs) uh, Navy. I mean, I don't know. Not really. Do you have a pick? (laughs) I think Navy will win, but yeah, yeah, I I don't really have one either. Um, and so not this Friday, but the next Friday, December 20th, uh, the bowl games start. Woo-woo. Very exciting. It will be coming soon, and we'll have lots of playoff talk and stuff that we can fill the time with in the, uh, in the two weeks You know, in between. We'll talk Heisman, which we haven't really talked on this show, but I know we're wrapping it up. But I don't, there's no chance anybody but Joe Burrow wins it, right? No, your favorite player in the NCAA right now. You know what? What I do want to talk about next week is I want to talk about why you don't like him so much. So, a little teaser there. I don't want to hear it right now. Okay. I don't. I won't I don't tell text you, but me. I did see a tweet today that said that he's Kevin McAllister grown up, and I cannot unsee it any now. Um, I think he's the greatest SEC quarterback of all time. So, all right, with that, I mean, we'll, that's a little dramatic, but we can debate that next week. We'll wrap up. Don't get um, too excited. Shoot us any tweets. If you have any complaints or anything, shoot those to Allie. She's got plenty of time, <laughs> nothing to do in the middle of the day. And so she's got time to answer your questions if you're a UCF fan. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm good this week. We'll do it again next week. Sounds like a plan. Have a good week, everybody.